it's that time of the month. Mostly. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Epic Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Jen. I'm Austin. I'm Joni. I'm Christina. And I'm David. And it's time for Mostly Monthly, where we're going to catch up on recent happenings and fun things that we find going on, followed by an, an enlightening and, I don't know, time of sharing products that you will probably love if you go ahead and click on those affiliate links for us. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, what happened to Taylor Swift? Well, <laughs> <laughs> last time we talked, I was... I had brought her situation forward with her um, copyrights of her songs and how she um, was saying that she didn't have the opportunity to buy them. And we had this wonderful discussion. Um, (coughs) If you want to hear more on it, check the link below with last week's or however we do that months mostly. Mm. Um, Anyways, the point I wanted to get to was literally the day after we posted that an article came out saying that she had all the time in the world to purchase her music rights and that she chose not to and is making this big wah 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 deal about it and i immediately was like oh, we just talked about this and now we're gonna sound like idiots or at least i'm gonna sound like idiot because there we go um <laughs> everyone on this podcast cares so greatly about this topic right mm-hmm. um and while I said, you know, Taylor Swift, blah, 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 I kind of want to talk more about just media outlets in general and how it's just kind of a big scam of who do you believe, who do you not believe, everyone has their bias. And I feel like amongst our group, we probably have a good conversation about that. Um, but I don't know if other people do, or maybe maybe a lot of people realize that the news outlets are scams and they don't listen to them. Or maybe they have, maybe you guys listen, with us have like, I listen to this person and they're the truth or the most unbiased. I don't know. The quick answer is that you should listen to us and nobody else. So, Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. I even think that's inaccurate. I know you're joking, but if you're listening, I don't think that's because it's like, again, you're getting this sound pool of just like there's six of us on this team, but we still kind of have all the same kind of mind process. Whereas when you listen to stuff that you don't necessarily believe, then you can you can strengthen your your beliefs, but at the same time, if people are just making up crap and just we're gonna p- make this person look good and this per- person look bad, then there's really no point in thinking about that about those topics. But the bigger idea of what is this the authors this company's bias or angle or what are they trying to basically tap into my brain to get me to think about something differently or in a sense, it kind of feels like brainwash or manipulation of your thought process if you're not aware of it. Sure. I mean, I know personally, I, I maybe I'm guilty if I don't, that's the right term, but I definitely use Google News as kind of my, one of the feeds that I go to primarily. And um, I, you know, I try to curate it as much as possible, you know, guide it where I want it to go. But um, on a fun note, presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard is suing Google because she's saying that they're basically, I don't want to say censoring, I don't know what her word before was, but they're minimizing her presence on the internet. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a 
big thing. Like, I, I really hope that there is some kind of like demonstrative data that shows that she's being suppressed. Like, um, cause one, I enjoy her as a candidate and think that she has a lot to offer to the conversation, whether or not she's ultimately elected. But two, I mean, tech companies have <laughs> so much power right now well, by just, just by being able to curate feeds, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Google, you know, Google news, whatever. If, you know, if you're not shown the, you know, if you're only shown a, a, a snippet of the news, whether it's, Hey, so-and-so wasn't able to purchase their, their music rights. And then you find out later, Oh, they were totally able to, they just didn't until it was too late. And now they want to complain about the process. Like, I mean, these are, that, that story may have been out at the same time. It just wasn't when you searched right, for it, right. wasn't available. And I still, I'm like, I don't know the end process of that and I don't really care, but it just, the, the pieces and the way things are titled are intentionally written to, to pull at your heartstrings and to get you to be like, oh, curse them without well, any journalism's dead though. Processes. Realistically. I'm curious what you guys think about that. If you've thought about that and, you know, on a greater scale, our listeners, do you guys think that? And like, I mean. I'm I'm just going to keep chiming in here until somebody else goes. But like, <laughs> having been in, having worked in, in in the news arena as a military journalist, you have certain guidelines that you have to work by. Like, as a military journalist, I don't get the option to editorialize unless it's a specifically an, you know an opinion piece. You know, very you know gigantic header opinion. Um, you have to stick to the facts, and that's what I think we at least kind of had the uh, the feel that we grew up with, like Walter Cronkite and whatnot. Um, and then it seemed like whether or not that was truly the case back then, not right now, it seems like that's not even, they're not even trying to pass things off as unbiased. It's just like, come to us and we'll give you our take on the news as opposed to somebody saying, Hey, here's the actual news. Here's what's actually happening. You decide how you want to spin that. Um, it just seems like, well, I think there's, there's kind of a reality to that, that, Every organization is going to have their bias, and I more appreciate the ones that are honest about that and say, look, we're a group of people that have this view of the world. We're going to report the news in a way that is in line with our view because that's the way we see it. And I think this is a direction that the, the world is going, is realizing that there are different points of view and people are going to react to them within their lens. And I don't know if you brought up just, you know, Facebook and Google and all these things. And I just dawned on me that this is something that we're going to have to teach kids how to do. Like when we grow up, grew up, it was, well, this is the news. It was, it's the news, but now it's not that way anymore. Now you get to pick what your news is. You get to pick how you spin the story and kids are growing up in this place of what is true. It, it brings up a lot of questions. Well, I think they don't even like kids don't think, even think what is true they just it's true like they don't even question it until you say hey you know what that's not something you should think about as true or well you know other kids always know more than you do as their parent i don't know if you've experienced that but i'm not at that stage in life well we're teetering on one of them but for the most part they still thankfully our kids really feel that way but There was a time when they were like, but so-and-so said, and I'm like, uh, mm. <laughs> they don't know anything. <laughs> right. Well, you know, Joni, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with your, your, your take that you appreciate people who are upfront with their bias. I don't, 
have a huge problem with that particularly. What I have a huge problem with is when people are selective about what they, what they share. Like you can have your bias, but if you're, if you're pulling a snippet of a quote and then not making it easy to see the whole quote somewhere else, I have a problem with that. Sure. If, if you're intentionally distorting what somebody's saying, which happens all the freaking time, hey, let me take this quote out of context and, and make it really seem like Joe Schmo is a total jerk and racist and xenophobe, whatever. Like, fuck you. Um, well, but like, that's where I wonder. Case in point, the, 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 the Trump uh, hat kid with that American. Mm. I mean, that, that's oh, ridiculous. The smirk. The smirk kid. What are you referring to? The kid, um, the kid in front of the Lincoln Memorial that got uh, confronted by the Native American activist guy. Oh, and the kid just sat there and smirked. Who has like a reputation for doing that, yeah, and then yeah. he was just bullied and. But then everybody they just pulled just one tiny bit of of the clip uh, of of the video, and it showed the. It looked like what was it like? The guy was trying to pass, and the kid just stood there and kind of kind of was mocking mm -hmm. him or something like that and everybody just flipped their lid do you remember the part about when trump found out he was uh, the Mueller investigation was going forward and the quote was i'm fucked yeah right and that was all over the news see he knows it he knows it but the rest of the quote is i'm fucked now everything i want to do is just going to be tied up in the in the dang mm -hmm. investigation and as a president i'm not going to get anything done mm -hmm. right right but so contextually he was absolutely had nothing to do with guilt, but they take it out of context. I've also got up in my, if you, if I've got it up for those who can see the video, um, if you haven't seen the meme of two, this, the wall street journal, two of this, the same date, the same journal. And, uh, depending on where it is in the country, one oh, of yeah. the Trump oh, softens his tone and the other one says Trump talks tough on the wall. Same picture. Same same journal, same newspaper, same article, same everything, but based on where it was circulated in the country, they chose a different headline. Like and that happens daily. Well, you know that happens on like YouTube videos and uh articles and stuff. You can you uh a B test headlines and see yeah. what works mm -hmm. better. So it's going to show up yeah. differently for different people. I didn't realize they did it in paper and printed news. <laughs> Certainly. And I think when you have large tech companies and I'm just pointing, I'm poking at them because they have the literally the platform for it. Um, curating timelines for people curating what they see. I mean, sure. Twitter gives you the option to, to now have, you know, the latest things, the latest tweets pop up first, but it always defaults back to their, curated preference for what they're going to show you not necessarily for the people you follow what they post like the latest postings facebook's the same way they know exactly what gets the clicks and they want to keep you there as long as possible consequences be damned they want to keep you on the site because that generates ad revenue mm -hmm. right and so you have people making decisions on you know in, in favor of money and saying eh, it's questionable ethics i mean I, I still laugh at the idea of google's thing like don't be evil and like where the evil line is at. And it's a, <laughs> that line's blurry at best nowadays, um, if not just thoroughly trampled. Well, that's something I wondered with the news that I've, I've wondered for a long time is how much is intentional and how much is just their view of the world? Because there's a whole lot of people that have the complete opposite view of the world that I do. And, and I can sit there and say that they're wrong, but then to look at them and say they're 
purposefully manipulating the facts. I do believe it happens for sure um, <clears throat> because you see like the clips on YouTube of all the news organizations using the same headline, using the same verbiage over and over and over. You're like, okay, well, this is obviously scripted. This is obviously planned. This is obviously presented. Um, but how much of it is just personal opinion and, and view versus actual manipulation? I guess if it comes down to sales and viewership, then it does come down to manipulation. It's, it, that's, well, kind of, that's kind of an interesting question because of the amount of people in the media that were so flabbergasted when Trump got elected. Mm. So, I mean, there, there might be, you might have a point there in, in the sense that they, they might just be so um, engrossed in their own point of view that they don't really see any other point of views, mm. maybe. I don't know. So many people were shocked by that, and I wasn't surprised by it, but so many people were just completely shocked and by him winning. Would you guys hear about the, uh, the hearing? The, it was a hearing on Capitol Hill. Uh, I'm trying to find the date of it. Uh, research psychologist Robert Epstein joined Tucker Carlson on Tuesday night. Um, they talked of... I can't remember the date, but anyways, it was on Capitol Hill where he testifies that Google and their search terms manipulated anywhere from 2.6 to 10 million votes towards Hillary just by filtering their searches. And that's, that's not conspiracy, although I did originally learn about it from <laughs> QAnon. Uh, it's not, I mean, it's, a, it's articles, it's on Zero Hedge, it's on, I mean, it was Capitol Hill testimony. Did um, they mention how they quantified that or is it just like, that was the... I'm sure they... Yeah, I mean, it's not just some, like, again, I mean, it's Capitol Hill testimony, so it's sure. going to be legit. Just, I haven't done a deep dive, but. Um, so that was, were you saying, like, manipulating poll results to make it seem like? Manipulating search results for, like, um, I know for one of the big things was, like, any positive of news of Trump was buried in, oh, like, yeah. 20, 30 pages of results deep. Anything negative was at the top. And reverse for Hillary. So anything good for Hillary was top results. Any negative conspiracies were were really buried, if not showed at all. Um, and someone so. actually has to plug those in. So yes. there there is a manipulation there. Um, but Russia around that. Have <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever heard of Veritas, uh, the Veritas Project? Yes. yes. Truth yes. and Media guys. Uh, they just did a whole thing. It came out last month, I think, about Google. Um, and are, are they boycotting Google or they, like, I think so, but I, I know, um, they done, didn't want Google, they didn't want to Pinterest and basically recorded definitive statements by exec, top executives to manipulate search results and, and point people towards more liberal progressive candidates and news. Well, well, so I don't I mean, just believe it. Yeah. Right. I'm fascinated that this started with a conversation about Taylor Swift. I was thinking the same thing. I did not know this was going. Yeah, good job. Crushed <laughs> it. I feel like I'm going to fall flat here in a second when I say, uh, you know, a whole lot's happening in the crypto arena. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know, you know, we've we've talked about cryptocurrency in the past and just uh, you know blockchain happenings, and you know, it's pretty a pretty exciting time for people as far as price action's been going recently. Uh, maybe not so much in the last month or so because things um, have been going down a bit. But the idea, you know, there's so much more happening than, than price 
right now. Um, there are so many big players entering the market. Um, and you, if you watch the, the charts, you can see things are being manipulated. Like it's, it's, um, but it's, it's both ways. It's manipulated up and manipulated down. You know, just people trying to get more of that cryptocurrency for themselves. In, in, in the recent past, we've had Fidelity, who's, you know, manages a lot of people's retirements um, and their investments. They um, recently became capable of being custodians for cryptocurrency, which means that basically they can handle it. So people that were scared of being in cryptocurrency because the idea of being their own bank wasn't alluring. They still wanted that third party to kind of handle things and make it safer for them. Well, they have an option now in, in Fidelity and they can actually just throw their retirements into that stuff if they want to. So that's a big deal. Um, and then, you know, I, I do know that sometimes people uh, in the crypto community don't get excited about people outside the crypto community, like doing, you know, things that they've been wanting to do themselves. However, Backed, which is an organization that was started by the people who own and run the New York Stock Exchange, group called ICE. Backed is is now basically becoming the New York Stock Exchange for cryptocurrencies, and they just, I think, in the last week, I, it's all kind of blurring together right now. Launched backed for basically like the elite. They're basically they put, they put out their 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 testing template. You know, I think they're still planning to be up and running for everybody by September. But um, as far, like if you can imagine being like an institutional investor or a hedge fund manager, the idea of going into some un, uncharted like cryptocurrency company ran exchange is less exciting than people who run the New York Stock Exchange, an exchange that they might be running is far more alluring in the sense that you know that what you're getting with the New York Stock Exchange, you're getting in this. So the idea that institutions are, you know, Institutions, institutions, institutions has been like the the call for like the last year while while stuff was while, while prices were just dropping, dropping, dropping. Well, it's finally coming out, and uh, it is an, it's an extremely exciting time. Like, there's so much more happening right now. It's funny because like China has been on the you know has been on a kick of like, well, well we're gonna ban Bitcoin. Nope, Bitcoin's good again. Nope, ban Bitcoin. It's good again. Like, China's putting out rankings for which cryptocurrencies are the best now based off technology and all and, and user bases and whatnot. Like. It's a really interesting time. Like I, I follow a few different people on YouTube that just try to get the news out, and like the the range of news that happens is so, so wild. And it's fun to watch how things are connected to price, how news is connected to price. You know, whether the timing of it, whatever. But um, if you haven't yet got involved, I encourage you to just get your toe wet and get a feel for what things feel like on the cryptocurrency side of things. Like because it's not. You don't want to try to get in the game when everybody else is trying to get in the game. Um, you know, the system is still young. It's still something that where when everybody's trying to rush in at once, there's a line. So you want to get in before the line's there and then just be able to do what you want once, you know, whenever you want to do it. So that means, um, you know, finding an exchange that you can trust and getting your, um, as, a, as a U.S. citizen anyways, you have to have like, Cryptocurrency exchanges are required to um, kind of follow U.S. banking regulations, like the Know Your Customer regulations. Um, there's back in the day, you just had to have like an email address and a password and a bank account that you could link to. Whereas now, like you have to have you know, like driver's license and that kind of stuff. You know, some kind of photo identification goes into this whole thing, makes it less anonymous, but also makes it more like trustworthy and whatnot. However, your your views on it may vary. But um, have you guys been paying attention to this at all? Or am I just monologuing and we're going on to the next topic? 
<laughs> I had a couple questions for you, actually, as you were talking. Um, one of the things that popped in my head was, I, I wonder if this is akin to the whole dot-com bubble. Sure. That it, it was this major movement, this major thing, and like everyone was getting into it. Like, I feel like even private companies now are starting their own cryptocurrency and getting into this. And I'm not in it very much at all. So, I, you know, what is your feelers? Do you feel like this is something that is going to everyone get into it and then it's going to collapse and then, you know, the the top people are going to come out and it's going to be an everyday way of life. And then my other question was, how is this becoming an everyday way of life for your average person? So I'm starting to see, you know, Bitcoin is starting to become more common knowledge, but a lot of people I talk to don't still don't have any understanding of cryptocurrency. Sure. So a lot of people make that comparison to the, the dot-com bubble. Um, they just made it a year ago when, when Bitcoin, you know, spiked up to $20,000 per Bitcoin and then the, you know, it's funny because like Andreas Antonopoulos, I can't remember what, what the timing of his, uh, his comment was, but somebody asked him if, if, if it was a bubble. He's like, of course it's a bubble. People are like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's, no. you know, Andreas Antonopoulos is like a huge speaker in the Bitcoin community. Like he goes from country to country to country. Every time he speaks, basically just sharing the word of, of, of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency of blockchain, people are like, can you please do this in my country? And he's a, a, a very talented speaker. He does it, you know, he articulates it, the ideas of it very well. But he said, of course, it's a bubble. Um, and, and so he, people were like, oh my gosh, he's saying this? Um, and then, you know, inevitably, because there was a, a crazy frenzy, um, you know, the bubble popped, as bubbles tend to do. And, um, you know, Bitcoin went from $20,000 down to about $3,200. Like, it, that's a significant popping. <laughs> but, um, you know, those, that popping is healthy. Like it allows things to return to normal. It, it weeded out a lot of scams. Like a lot of things came to light. A lot of people were just in it for the, for the cash grab. It truly was a wild west scenario. And then, um, so it, it weeds out these bad actors. It's funny because now that the price has been going up, scammers are starting to return to the space again, slowly but surely. The idea of a free Bitcoin giveaway or free ETH giveaway, just give me your account. You know, like people fall for that stuff still. Um, you know. So, but that stuff's beginning to return because price is starting to go back up. And um, I don't know, as far as the everyday, the average person beginning to use this kind of thing, it truly depends on where you are. Um, going back to Andreas Antonopoulos, he, I think he recently said, Bitcoin isn't for millionaires. You know, like Warren Buffett was saying, like, I don't, you know, I don't need Bitcoin. Well, of course he doesn't need Bitcoin. <laughs> He's a billionaire. Doesn't that need has, anything. That has access to any banking product he could ever want. All right. Um, there's a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that don't have access to a bank, period. And Bitcoin is a savior for them. You think about the people that are in Venezuela right now. Um, you know, we, we constantly hear about the hyperinflation that's happening to their currency. How basically, if, if a loaf of bread costs a dollar now, next week it costs $10. Can you imagine how shitty that is? That like you basically you're getting your paycheck. How fast can I spend this thing before it's worth less? Mm-hmm. Before it's worth a fraction of what it's worth. So now what people are doing basically is they're, they're taking the whole paycheck, they're buying Bitcoin. And then, and, and then not only, gosh, I, I forget what the percentages were, but you know, as much as they're, even when Bitcoin went down, people that were buying Bitcoin with their Venezuelan currency, like the Boulevard, I think, I don't know. Um, they were still up like 400, 4,000%. I forget what it was. Even when Bitcoin was crashing, they were still ahead. Now that it's going up, can you imagine how much more they're ahead? 
Um, so people, you Is know, it's kind of, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering, because um, I've started tracking a couple of cryptocurrencies and it seems like they really just follow the dollar in value. You know, you look at the charts and when the dollar goes up, they go up. Um, so I wondered if that's true with all cryptocurrencies, at least in the United States, and if that's different with foreign currencies, like you were saying. Sure. So it's interesting to, to, to watch a variety of metrics that seem to, that things seem to follow. Um, I'd say it's far more common to watch the other cryptocurrencies follow Bitcoin's movement than mm-hmm. anything else. Bitcoin goes up, most things tend to go up. Bitcoin goes down, most things tend to go down. It's interesting, you know, there's a lot of uh, traders on that I follow on, on, on Twitter right now that, you know, have been clamoring for what's called alt season, where basically, you know, alts kind of separate from Bitcoin and do their own thing. And usually when, when that has happened traditionally in the past, you can make thousands of percent in short amounts of time holding alt, you know, the, the right altcoins as opposed to holding Bitcoin. Where it gets tricky is, is if you don't like, you can lose a lot against Bitcoin at the wrong <laughs> times. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a dicey situation. I think it's definitely in my mind, my opinion, my unprofessional financial advice is to, to focus on a few good projects that you feel really good about. And that way you don't have to try to track everything because there's a lot. Like when things were blowing up in cryptocurrency, it was, man, it was going, you know, like we got over over a thousand cryptocurrencies. And so, you know, the vast majority of them were cash grabs. They were filling niches that nobody's looking for solutions for. Um, but, you know, there, there are some really good projects out there with really good development teams with really good communities around them. So you know, finding things that you truly believe in that you can see a future for watching, especially for us citizen watching how, um, the sec is, is, is regulating things or the, you know, whichever regulatory board is trying to take control at, at that particular point in time. And then lastly, kind of tying into that regulation is I don't trade it really anymore. Um, tax wise, it's, it's no bueno to buy something and, and hold it for less than a year. Because if you do, then you're getting hit with short-term capital gains because the IRS sees cryptocurrency as property right now. So you're getting hit with short-term capital gains on something. And so if you, um, I don't know, depending on how much you hold and how much you sell, you could be putting your, you could be putting yourself into a higher tax bracket at which point those cryptocurrency gains are also going to be taxed at that particular tax rate. Whereas if you can hold on to it for more than a year, changes things dramatically. You're getting, instead of like a potentially a 40% tax on your crypto gains, which could be crypto to crypto trades, not just crypto to fiat, like, you know, Bitcoin to US dollar, but it could be like Bitcoin to Ethereum. Sorry if that is, is confusing. So, so if, if you trade Bitcoin to Ethereum or Bitcoin, that's a taxable event right now. That's, so we're, we're talking, that would be also, uh, capital gains. That's capital gains. Yep. I mean, it could be, it could be losses too, capital losses as well. Um, well it's always yeah. capital gains, but the difference between short-term and long-term. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yep, 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 yep. So, and, and the difference between long-term and short-term is gigantic. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 10% maybe. I mean, or, or 0% if, you know, that's, 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 that's the benefit of long-term capital gains. It could be 0%. And if you understand how, how people become rich and, and, and then stay rich, they're not, they're not, they're not doing the short-term trading stuff necessarily um, unless they're doing it, you know, with algorithms and high frequency trading, they are buying stuff and holding assets 
enjoying that, you know, that 0% tax rate. I forget what was it, Mitt Romney, like when they were showing what, what tax rate he was paying and it was like 7%, maybe it was 15%, I forget what it was. That's because he's not paying, an, you know, he's not paying well, income tax level stuff on his, on the money he's making. He's paying long-term capital gains, which changes the game for everybody. Just one question. Would, where, would you point people in a direction to? Oh, goodness. It depends greatly on where you're at. You know, speaking for the United States, Coinbase is still kind of a standard. Uh, if you're in New York, Gemini is, is a solid option. Gemini was started by the, the Winklevi, the Winklevoss twins um, of, of Facebook fame back in the day, which makes Facebook's release of Libra or pending release of the, their cryptocurrency, Libra. That's kind of a fun jab, Libra and Gemini. Um, but which I guess I probably should have mentioned, but, you know, Facebook's Libra being kind of a large, a large factor right now on, you know, kind of weighing over the, the crypto verse in the sense that they were getting ready to release their, their currency. And, 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 uh, Congress said, sent them a letter said, Hey, how about you go ahead and stop that? And we're going to go ahead and have you come in and chat with us. This is a matter of national security. So I, that I forget what the, how the saying goes was like, first they laugh at you then they fight you, then you win or something like that. There, I think it might be missing a step. But the idea that like, this, this went from something laughable to national security threat. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we um, should have talked about the Area 51. Oh. Uh-huh. All that's going on right now. Has anyone looked into that? I have not bought plane tickets. <laughs> I did mark interested on the Facebook group because oh. I wanted to see what the news was on it. So I am marked in the numbers. Was <laughs> there st- going to storm there or something? Is that yeah, what you're just interested, about? not going. Just <laughs> interested. <laughs> see you or interested. Gosh, that, this event has has spurned some some top tier memes. <laughs> when is it supposed to schedule to happen? September twentieth or twenty first. Mm. They said everybody that's trying to do that is not that well in the know <laughs> that's not the right place to go anyway marine laughs in 50 caliber <laughs> <laughs> they can't stop all of us yeah, <laughs> i am super curious to see what the news is and how this actually plays out and i mean you know people are going to show up oh totally so it's just yeah. you know how serious people get you start taking bets well, I mean, going back to our original talk about the media coverage, like I'm, I'm, I'm super curious to see, like, mm. what do they have show? Military spins are, if, if there's 500 people that show up, are they like zooming in on that 500, making it right? an ocean of a million people? I don't, I think it would be the opposite, honestly, because. Um, and it's a non-story. That doesn't get any clicks. I know, but I think, well, I'm not just what I think. I'm curious because right this all, <laughs> this all came about because of Joe Rogan's interview, right? With that one. Ah. Dude, or is that is it coming from something else? Bob Lazar. Because um, I, I if, think it's just a piece. It's a piece, but if like, is he going to see any repercussions for that? Because from, I mean, he specifically went out and said, "Don't go." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Bob came out and said, "Hey, there's no aliens at Area 51." Last right, exactly. last I checked, there was some stuff at S2 or something like that. You know, you, forty years ago, there, there was a spacecraft there, but. Who knows? That was thirty years ago. That could have changed. Yeah. He even said in his in in the interview, he said that it wasn't there wasn't anything at Area Fifty One. It was some other right. black site. Well, there's definitely not anything there now. Now that they're planning on this insurrection uprising outside their gate, <laughs> I'll 
silly. Which I just pulled. I have like tour guides, like right this way, right this way. I just pulled <laughs> up the numbers on the group, and 1.4 million people have marked interested. Two million have marked that they're going. <laughs> well, and it's also, it also goes back to our previous conversation of, you know, manipulation of that information and how many people are like, I'm just doing it to be part of the crowd, but not really doing it, Let's you know, say. and. Um, seven eighths of them <laughs> so full disclosure back in 2008 I, I went to work for a company called ec3 which is was a combination of um, eg and g and cortez 3 who used to run area 51 and i was like can i get a transfer because <laughs> <laughs> i mean you had to, i mean that was that was clearance level work that i was doing and not that i had the clearance i would get into that but i was like maybe i could do something <laughs> <laughs> let's move to las vegas what's up <laughs> That clearly didn't happen. Did not happen. Uh, shucks. Mm, so you say. <laughs> That's true. Is that what they told you to tell everybody? Mm. <laughs> no. Yes. He doesn't remember what they told him. So. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing I remember is this red light. And it was, uh, they gone. We do have we do have friends that the military did uh, testing on without their prior under knowledge. In, um, mm-hmm. yeah, military does that kind of stuff why do they know about it is a question because they got a lawsuit there's a lawsuit against them for <laughs> testing medication on yeah, it's actually, oh my goodness dude testing that's medication my good friend when he was a kid uh no. the military uh psychologist was testing drugs on the kids mm-hmm. the, the military know? family kids yeah yeah that's pretty wild i haven't I haven't heard that but I, mean, I do know like um, and he got they got ten thousand dollars for it Wow, so rich. Did he have any yeah. physical ailments? Yeah. From it? Uh, well, there was, it was uh, in the early days of ADHD drugs. Um, but he didn't have ADHD. Does he have it now? <laughs> Why they got... Huh? Does he have no, it now? No, he has Tourette's. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that, that swear word was not intentional, but it works with Tourette's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> His was more... Tourette's takes different forms. His wasn't verbal. His was it was a, basically a twitch. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just know, I count, I count my lucky stars from my time in the military. Um, when, I did, when I deployed, typically everybody had to have the anthrax vaccine, the untested anthrax vaccine. Um, I found out on a Monday that I was leaving Friday. So um, it's a multiple staged shot that you, it's required that you have before you go at the time. Um, my service medical record book says I got it. It's wow. I did not get it. So, um, <laughs> you mean you got it right after that red light? Thank you, got it. Right? I mean, it's, it's <laughs> one that you would definitely know because it leaves a nice little scab, and then like it has to heal up, and they give you you know a shot. It's, it's like a three series three series shot, I think. But the, the super sad part about this is, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I know friends who got it, and I I. Out of the military people I know, it seems like a disproportionate amount of them have lupus. Um, wow. You know, one of which I know who died. Like, and so, you, you know, you begin to wonder, like, untested vaccine, lupus-like symptoms, like how could, you know. What could go wrong? There's, you realize there's no, um, no federal regula- regulations for vaccines? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, there's the average drug to go out because it's considered a preventative medicine. It's not considered a drug. So the rules for vaccines are almost non-existent. 
Um, that explains there's, so much. There is a speech by, uh, I want to say it's the only Kennedy left. The, the, um, and he does, and he, and he go, has a speech that he goes, just wails on the pharmaceutical industry and vaccines. And he gives you all these facts. And I'm, I read it. It was like, it, it, somebody posted the transcript on Facebook. And um, at least according to that speech, that um, like the vaccine for uh, HPV vaccine, like was only tested for for like eight, eight days on like two hundred people. I just pulled it up, dude. That was the one I was going to next. So um, I can't remember which. Anyway, just that vaccines don't have the same regulations, if any. Um, so they can put out however freaking many vaccines they want. And, um, and then at the same time, it still gets regulated with schools and stuff. And so it's essentially all of the uh, income with none of the consequences for pharmaceutical industries. Because so weird they, how we keep having more and more vaccines. It's almost, it's almost like they're, they're, they're intentionally shoving, what is it, 140 different shots now? In, in a kid by the time he's it's six? Crazy. It's not necessarily shots, but it's vaccines included in those shots. So you can have multiple sh- multiple vaccines. Right, 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 right. It was like, well, I get 140. Well, which is even worse. Shot is not, it's not a one-to-one kind of situation. And the HPV vaccine, is, as unproven as it is, as far as like side effects and whatnot, has been added to the schedule for, mm-hmm. uh, to the mm-hmm. schedule for kids. And so... You know. And it's like before the age, it's, it's like, like before the age of nine. Uh, it's 11 and 12 is what I'm like, it's for, at least for the boys one that I'm looking at right well, now. Whatever happened to yeah, don't have sex or use a condom. Like why do that you guys, would, that that would be HPV was supposed to be speaking, s- speaking of the Epstein trial. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> kind of, huh? Um, well, on, on a really interesting note. So I think all, all of us Americans here, um, kind of got this idea that, that the tetanus shot is super good for rusty nail, stepping on a rusty nail. Like I just did an interesting bit of research and found out that like, it's not like you're, you, the odds of you getting, um, vaccine damage versus getting any kind of tetanus issue is way worse than the side of getting the shot, which I just got recently. I was going to say, did you do that after or before you get the shot? Right? <laughs> well, I, just, I, was, I mean, I, got, I had a physical until I was like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm due. Let's do this thing. Like I don't even, didn't, even think, didn't even think twice about it. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why like, I love it when they say, you need to get your flu shot. Side effects might include getting the flu. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Gosh. That's dad. Tell you what, I, I'll just see if I get the flu and then. Right. We'll deal Chances with are you're going to get the flu shot, but then you're going to get the flu with a different strain. What? Right. Yep. I understand there's lots of strains and stuff, but like, why? Why put that in your body? Like, your body's been created to do all these fabulous things and to mm-hmm. fight off antibodies and to make you survive. Like, let us do a thing. Let us do it. We should do an episode on vaccines. We should do an episode Didn't on vaccines. Did we do we one? I, th- I feel like we have talked about it a little we bit. Covered in conspiracy. Conversation. Yeah. I think we, yeah, the conspiracy one. But I got to be honest; it's one of those subjects that I haven't truly researched the pros and cons, or the you know the the good side and the bad side. Um, so it is one of those subjects. Every time it comes up, I hate being one of those guys. That's like conspiracy, conspiracy, no supporting evidence or information. Because <laughs> um, I do, although I am a major conspiracy theorist, I try to be as factual as I can and not just 
but it's, I will say for me, it's what I do know about the pharmaceutical industries, the food industries. I mean, it's just like, there's zero doubt in my mind that there's a lot of bull crap inside the vaccine discussion. It's just a matter of how much bull crap and where does it, where does it belong? But anyway. Definitely. I wrote it down for our next planning discussion. Right on. Well, to keep things moving along here, I definitely want to get to the nuns. Yeah, the nuns. The so nun. this is N-O-N-E-S um, or the unaffiliated. So I came across this term this week. I don't even remember how I found it, but this happens to be the fastest growing religious or non-religious, yeah. the fastest group of people uh, growing across the uh, the world, actually. And these are people who, when you're filling out a form and you have to select your religion, you know, it can be Christianity, Buddhism, Catholicism, or you can select none. And that this group of people that are selecting none is um, the fastest growing group in the world right now. Um, some statistics are that about one in three people claim no religion versus in the baby boomers generation, it was about one in 20 we went from a very religious, um, very religiously identified culture to now people are moving away from that. Um, and I think part of the, what's that? I was going to ask a question, but you keep going. So what we're finding is that individualism and is becoming a really big thing. People want to be individual, but we're still group oriented. We still want our tribe. So people want to be individuals, but they can't find a group that meets all of their needs. Mm -hmm. So now there's actually a group forming around that concept. And um, I looked at YouTube videos, especially in Great Britain. They're actually starting like church services for the nuns. And it's kind of more like TED Talks, but it gives people a place to express themselves, to meet new people. But it brings up a lot of questions. Right now, the primary focus of these nuns group is they're atheists. They're anti-God. And um, the people that are proponents of the, the nun group, they don't want it to be that because the idea of being atheist is being against something. So right now, the movement is moving towards what are we about? And I think a lot of that is individual freedom, individual expression. Um, and a lot of them are moving away from the religious background that they grew up with. Sounds like religious libertarianism. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's, I mean, tell one the of them they're, they're religious though. Huh? Tell one of them they're religious though. Shut up, I'm not. <laughs> I'm curious if they were to sub out the word religious with spirituality, it, what, how that would jive with people differently. Oh, I think that's a remotely but, softer word. Like, that's well, a, to me, they're, they're completely vastly. two different, like yeah. they're not even the same ballpark. Um, but I think people like respond, you know, much differently to religion than they do to spirituality. Well, I mean, Definitely. That's very true. And that's in some of the statistics I was looking at is that if you pull most of them, um, they will identify as spiritual, uh, very much so, but not religious. And I think it's getting away from the the dogma restrictions yeah that that they were brought up with and a lot of them mentioned science that you know religion just doesn't make sense um or the or it doesn't match up with their political views or you know all these things so they're just getting away and and literally building their own group but they are very spiritual it, it's very important to 
this whole group of people. Spiritual, but not with God. So Religious. Well, but and some of them believe in God, and that's the thing. Is about half of them actually believe in God, um, but that's they don't. They're atheists, so then I was like, well, how's that? Yeah, it's it's about fifty fifty. Like, I mean, by definition, it's a very vague group. But sure. I feel like and I could be one of this group members. Yeah. None. Sorry, I'm a nun. That, that's why. <laughs> that's why I started New Age Christianity was because there was. I mean, we all know there's so many of the people we know and love that just can no longer call themselves Christian, but they're certainly not going to call themselves, you know, Muslim or mm-hmm. Buddhist mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. And so it's been this, if you listen to the, to the NAC podcast, I have so many episodes and one of them, I have a recurring episode interview with a new age Christian in which the entire discussion is how do you define this? What is this? What is it to be one of these people? Why does it matter to have a label? Why does it, because there is a human, um, we, we need community. We need identity. We hate labels. And yet if we don't have them, we search for them. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, don't, don't box me in. Where's I'm my, none. Right? <laughs> Where's my oh, box? Yeah, I finally have a label that I can. Ident- no, what it is, is don't call me something I don't want to be called. Call me something I want to be called. No, no different than we had the discussion. You know, it used to be, you know, Negroes and it was blacks and now it's African Americans. It's like, don't give me the name I don't want, but I do want a name, mm-hmm. and um, I do want an identity. I do want to be known as something, um, and so it is. So NAC is just an adventures in trying to answer that question, and it sounds like this is as well. And it's, it's. I think you probably end up have this a coalescing around kind of a nebulous non-identity is what it is. And then you'll, it, that will split and people will start new spiritual identities will begin to blossom out of this age, including things like new age Christianity. And so a lot of people who are non, especially ones who were former Christian will probably then gravitate towards an identity. I don't know if it'll be called new age Christianity or whatever, but humanity is, is begging for an identity and there will be a label given to it somewhere. I think, calling myself a new age Christian is as good of a label as anything else. It kind of does fit who I am. And that's why I call myself that. Um, it just, and the, the website was built so that over time people would go, well, what is that? Well, go to the website, go newagechristianity.org and find out. Um, because labels and boxes can be useful. If I told you I was a, a Muslim, you would immediately be able to put some framework around my beliefs, my perspectives on life, and sure, you could probably be a little bit prejudiced if you wanted to, but there's, there's a, it's a double-edged sword when you have a label. And I think, I don't think nons or nuns will be a, it doesn't feel like a label that will survive the, the heart cry of what it is to mm. be, uh, to have one. And I think right now our society is kind of in that, like, don't label me, you know, don't, try to fence me in but at the same time they're all going i'm a non because we all want to be fenced in and labeled mm-hmm. um and but eventually you're going to find that you're in this group with people that are completely not like you yeah. and by and large you're going to eventually want to work your way towards people that are like you that's just how we we're, we're tribal by nature we're community driven by nature so i see it as a very palpable tangible sign of the age but I also see it 
it's only a step along the journey. I don't, I don't feel like it's a sustainable title that will fulfill what people are looking for. Could be wrong, but I have spent a lot of time pontificating and researching and thinking around the value of being a part of a community. And I get it. And there's a lot of people that don't know which community they belong in. That's just kind of where we're at right now with the ages, especially with the internet and the prolification of ideas and all that. I'm curious if like the atheists are like thinking, you know, for the, for the spiritual people that are involved, like, Hey, just go to the Unitarian church then. Right. Mm. You go to the universalists, right. you know, I don't know. It's, it's a tough place to, ah. and that's exactly it. <laughs> so I'm in this group that half of you don't even want me here. That's not sustainable. Well, they're in their own group. Why did I have to join that group? <laughs> I digress. I, I do think it will subdivide because right now, I mean, the, the term is coming up because you have to select Catholic, Protestant, or right. Buddhist, right. you know, and the, and the fourth option is none. So people are selecting that. But yeah, it's lumping in people who are starkly atheist with, which, mm. with people that believe in God. There's a major difference there. So I do think they're going to start weeding themselves out. And I don't know, it's kind of going the way of gender, to be honest. I was the same thing. That ah. People are picking their own categories and there's going to be 50 boxes for everything. Or I don't know, maybe those subgroups will, will join forces. And I don't know, it'd be really interesting. But it seems like across the board in many different areas of life, this is where people are going, that they want to be individuals and want to be um, heard and understood and find like-minded people. And we're trying to figure out how to do that. I think if you option called other i was just gonna say that that you would have the others, <laughs> the would, others? They, yeah. would you want to be an other out of curiosity uh-huh. yes i still am you're I'm not normal you're other yeah i am the other term that i found is they call them the unaffiliated so if you go to um like the pew research is where i was looking up a lot of my statistics if you go to the pewforum.org and and look up the unaffiliated you'll get a lot of their statistics well i wonder at what point we're just going to stop checking so many boxes like <laughs> be a point where we're not trying to because i mean it is like the more diverse things are it's going to be a little bit ridiculous i just uh, filled out an application for local school system and i was like i have to i have to put myself in all these boxes so that you guys can feel good about demographics yeah, right? <laughs> i've kind of gotten difficult and i stopped doing that because yeah. don't put me in a box <laughs> um, i'm that person well it's funny because it's like not what it wasn't like what are you it's like how do you identify so yeah. Let's see, now Jen. It's a product you know, of where we live. I'm so with you. <laughs> sure. But you were you were like you earlier when Joni was talking about the nuns, you were like, I could be a part of this group. <laughs> right? I'm all over the place. Well, I think in this context, um, just the geographical location in which we live, because we've lived kind of all over the place, but um they're very hypersensitive to who you are, what you are, what you call yourself, what's your background, and um, to the point where I've been in meetings and trainings and I'm like, I feel like I'm getting white shamed right now. And I don't <laughs> like that feeling whatsoever because oh, while, uncomfortable. Sorry. while it's an, it's an injustice to um, whomever was feeling um, that pressure, the pendulum is going to go the other way and that's not going to solve the problem. We're just going to keep continuing this hurtful stage until we say, Hey, we're all humans. We're all in this together. I feel like a Disney song. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, you know what I'm talking about, Tina. No. Copyright infringement. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> um, Take it back. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so Team Tico and Tina, did you guys want to fight over which – I think time-wise we should probably just hit one more topic. Yeah, just do your- Mine's shorter, so you can go with mine, I guess. Do um, I don't know. It was a long time ago I ran across something about this, and I don't remember how or what or what. But these kinds of things intrigue me. Um, I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with some of the Lost City type stuff, but I I grew up in the Midwest largely, and I didn't know that there was one in Western Illinois. Um, There's a Lost City in Western Illinois. Is this, is yeah. this like Las Vegas? <laughs> I think like Iowa's a Lost City, right? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so. <laughs> Apparently, it was once home to America's largest prehistoric population, Cahokia, America's first great city. Hmm. Um, the archaeological data indicates that the site came into existence around 800 AD and flourished for around 500 years. So it was, they have this, um, the largest, uh, what's it called? I don't know. It's called Monk's Mound. And... Hmm. The base covers over 14 acres and stands 100 feet high. They figured that there was a building at the top that was over 104 feet long and 48 feet wide. And then they had a fortress wall around it that was two miles long. And they even had um, they call Woodhenge, which was the, their version of Stonehenge, essentially, to be able to uh, track time and whatnot. And I don't know, I found this very interesting. They, they estimated that at its peak, which was around 1100 AD, it had 20,000 to 40,000 citizens there. And so, I don't know, it's just stuff like that that you just don't know about. And it's weird, consider, and I mean, you, you can see video of it and everything. It's just weird considering how living, living in the Midwest and not even knowing anything about that. Um, well, it's because lost cities are always supposed to be like over there, like right. far away, not. In yeah, when we got yards. here, there was nothing here. <laughs> yeah. You, in North America, there was there was no. No, it was just empty, and we just took no. over and started a completely new thing. So yeah, the Indians definitely were never that. Like they never had all that stuff figured out, right? Like. Andy, what? So, what is this group that had this big city? Was it Native American or was it? Something um, indigenous peoples, you mean? Well, yeah, they would say, I think they would say, yeah, Native American indigenous. I don't know what you want to call it, but um, they think that that would have been the case, and that's that's why I'm saying, like, the the stories that we've been told, <laughs> largely, you have the impression that there's a bunch of huts or something, you know? They're just little teepees and little groups that moved right. around, and yeah, but apparently there there were big civilizations um then another thing along similar lines as far as like weird stuff have you ever heard of the underground city that's supposedly in the grand canyon um they they found this was articles in in papers like back in, in in the like the caves and the in the yeah. walls mm-hmm. yeah like ancient aliens well it's yeah, the I mean, same with the mayans they had like underground stuff no okay i don't know i had i had seen it a while ago but i forgot about it and this made me the whole thing with illinois made me remember and go look it up again and so the details are that someone mining 
mining for gold essentially, but they couldn't say that back at that time because they weren't supposed to be doing that, I guess. I don't know, minerals. <laughs> um, they found an underground city with long passageways connecting hundreds of rooms. Then they estimated that 50,000 people could have lived there. They, had, they found all sorts of oriental artifacts, including a big Buddha statue. And then there were other rooms with Egyptian artifacts some mummies and all that kind of stuff so like what just the concept that <laughs> the stuff that we've been taught is so limited mm. and potentially very very different than yeah. what really happened oh and one one other thing that i thought was really interesting i i don't know i didn't try to validate this but someone was saying that the city in illinois where some of the stuff some of the lost city concept in that area somehow fit with some of the joseph smith stuff that he talked about in his, <laughs> his stuff so that's interesting to think about you so, know well, i don't know joseph smith the the mormon founder if you don't recognize that so. i think uh, a really interesting read if you're i mentioned it in a previous podcast but or that may not have aired yet so in a future podcast <laughs> telling the future right now um is a book 1491 by charles Charles Mann, Charles C. Mann. Yeah, Charles C. Mann. Um, and he really gets into not just basically an alternative history to what you've heard, but kind of gets into the reasons why history is dictated as it is um, from anthropological and archaeological perspective. Really cool stuff. And it gets into some definitely interesting stuff here in the United States prior to the um, Columbus era, the America era. So, America. Anybody else want to hop in on that, or we should get to products? Products. You need products. I'm gonna go first. Get it, get it, get it, girl. All right, I've got a supplement that has helped me out a lot. Um, but my preference, I'm not a doctor, what? so don't take this as professional <laughs> advice. You can get it off the interwebs. So take that for what it is. Um, I think I've mentioned before that I have had some issues with my thyroid, but not with my lab work. And so just trying to figure out what my physical symptoms were. Um, so I'd been taking selenium for a while because that helps with your thyroid. Um, and then, so I kind of just Googled something different um, and I found thyroid active complex. So that's what it looks like. Um, good old doctor email, email. E-M-I-L. Emil. Emil. He designed Bam. the formula. Um, it says that it helps metabolism, energy, and focus. Um, it doesn't do any of that for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it does help me a lot with like my depression and my feelings and my, my mental health. And so um, this is the one that I just ordered another one because it's been really helpful for me in those areas. Um, so yeah, that's my product. Cool. And I can't. There you go. That's my product. There you go. Cool. So I'll, I'll hop in next. Um, I've got a product that is a childhood favorite of mine. I had a friend named Tony and his brother Henry. They had one of these, and uh, we would play on this thing from the time that we were small lads to the time after we graduated from from high school. And then I bought one for my kids because I'm a kid, hmm. and uh, it's simply. <laughs> A balance board. So this makes a lot more sense if you can imagine or if you can see it. But it's basically it's it's a it's a wood piece of wood with like a little little beam on the bottom, and then 
there's a wooden log that goes uh, in, with a groove that goes into that. And you, it's, it's, it's a balance board. And uh, you can spin around on these things. You can rock back and forth, work your core, work your balance. Um, I thought it would be a fun Christmas present for the kids. That's, that's, that's why I picked it up and I've used the heck out of it. So, <laughs> um, Merry Christmas, kids. Right? Watch me. Watch me. I can do it. I'm so good at this. Um, and then this one was kind of fun too. And then it had a little bumper that you could uh, kind of not just go right into the hardcore kind of, you know, rolling on the log bit, but you could slide this thing on there and rock side to side or depending on how you put it back and forth, kind of like training wheels, if you will. And uh, a really accessible way to get into balance boards. And it translates, I think, you know, exceptionally well. If, if you've ever been um, skateboarding or snowboarding or, you know, boarding of some sort, when it's not, when it's your off season, you, when you come back to the season, you feel like you're like a, a newborn deer or something sometimes. And that, <laughs> and that first time you're on, like, oh my God. So it's a, it's a way to stay on a board, keep that, that kind of coordination going. And it's just a ton of fun. Um, I, the reason I'm highlighting this particular board is because I'm super satisfied with the purchase. Um, there were a lot of options and I did a ton of freaking research on it and came to the conclusion that, you know, for the price point, this was the one I wanted. I love it. Yeah. And the kids have a good time on it too. And the fun thing is, it's not just our kids. Whenever kids come over to the house, they see it and they're like, I'm getting on this thing. And so it's like a magnet, right? It's like a, um, sign a waiver or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we keep it on the carpet for the most part. Whereas, in, you know, back, back in the nineties, it was cool. Or actually in the eighties too, it was cool to uh, just be in my friend's concrete basement and we just took headers into the wall and whatnot. But, um, <laughs> with the you know, litigious society nowadays, maybe it's better to keep it on your carpet. But it's a good time. I highly, highly recommend it for you and your kids. Have fun. That's part of life. Did you just call me litigious? Mm, no. <laughs> let me let me talk to my lawyer. <laughs> so for me, I I don't know. I feel like I've mentioned it before, and um, I'm just reminded of it every time I get one of their emails. But this isn't necessarily a specific product as much as a. A product outlet called App Sumo. Um, for any of you, anybody who listens to this and does um, any sort of online content production, you have any sort of whether it's a WordPress website, um, a Shopify website, any even if you don't just do website, if you do stuff on social media, you should check out. Um, and I know they have affiliate links, so we can you know check check out the link in the show notes, but I saw another email from them today of a product that I highly considered getting. Um, I've gotten a lot of their stuff and they come out with basically lifetime deals um, for different tech products that are, some of them are pretty insane. They even have freebies. They have um, different, different tools available for social media, for WordPress sites, for you know, marketing and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, if you are doing any sort of online, anything business wise, you should become a member of AppSumo and, uh, get, get to them through, uh, our affiliate link and help us out. We highly appreciate it, but I use them a lot. I know, um, Tico and Tina do as well. And, uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy good service. So my product, uh, for those of you that know me, I am a major straw person and I have to have a straw with all my drinks. And this whole trend of getting away from straws is not a good thing for me. 
like everyone's got their reusable cups. So I'm a big fan of reusable cups. I always have my Starbucks cup with me. But a lot of the restaurants I'm finding that you're going to, they're doing this whole paper straw trend, which I am not a fan of. I hate paper straws. They're not the answer. They're not the (laughs) problem. Straws aren't even the problem. They aren't even the problem. So I hate this trend. But something that I found that I've kept in my purse is they make these reusable silicone straws that literally fold into fourths and you have a nice little carrying case that come with a nice little cleaning tool. But I've literally kept this in my purse and you can pull it out when you're at a restaurant and they give you a crappy paper straw. Take it out, throw it away, use my reusable one. And um, it solves a lot of my problems being a straw person. So we'll have links to the reusable personal straw. Cool. And, and, and you're cool with cleaning it? One. I yeah, I don't it. mind cleaning it. I just can't stand the paper and I have to have a straw. I won't even drink my drink if there's no straw. Well, that's cool. Cause I mean, that's, that's been like a big barrier for me is like, I, Jen, you know, Jen shows you that those straws and I'm like, we get some of them like, how am I going to clean inside this thing? That's uh, cause we do like fruit smoothies with the kids. Yeah. No, you yeah, don't do that. You have to clean those. But if you're just doing like go the dishwasher, that's a good question. I would think so. It's metal. It actually has a metal outside and it, it folds together and has a silicone inside. So I would imagine it does. The straw thing's a problem. It's a problem. Beer through a straw. Yes. There you go. I'm the only, same way, though. I don't. Straw is hard liquor. Yeah, Most because all, because the straws are too big. If I have straws that fit the glass, I'm such a big straw person. I actually thought about writing a book on this, on the, oh. the height of the straw versus the cup, the style of the straw for the drink. I mean, this is, this is the a big integrity of the straw versus what you're drinking, <laughs> the, the wrapper. You can't straws. have the plastic wrappers because those don't come off. So the truth around the straw, the great straw there, live 2018. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> QAnon's take on straws. Yeah. it's a conspiracy (laughs) all right well my product is something we talked about i think on the last month mostly monthly around uh smelling bad (laughs) um i've tried out a lot of different um natural deodorants and david's tried some of them doesn't like as many of them um i don't know I have tried a lot of ones that I don't like the consistency because they're sloppy because they're made out of coconut oil and stuff like that. And they just, they're just not fun to apply. This one I actually like. Um, well, why is our thing backwards and theirs wasn't? You're good. You're good. Sam's it looks good. Oh, okay. It just looks bad for us. Sam's Natural is the brand and they have like 17 different scents. And I got patchouli. David got tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> oh, um, manly scent. It's not as tobacco as. Yeah, it's you not. It's not hoped. super strong. <laughs> but anyway, um, you're it's working well campfire. for you so far. Yeah, it's all right. It's working. Yeah. Well, I like the consistency. Oh, here I'll show you how it looks. The... And it's purely deodorant, not in a perspirant, or what are we? Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Well, I assume it's not, because um, the stuff that makes it antiperspirant is. A, bad for you. B, toxic. I guess that's the same thing. Um, <laughs> it's bad for you and it's toxic. And it will kill you. <laughs> no, yeah, but it has the one thing, um, at least I thought that it did. Now I'm not seeing it. 
I was thinking maybe that it had, uh, what's it called, baking soda? But no, I think it has arrowroot powder instead. So, no, maybe. Anyway, is sodium bicarbonate yes. baking soda? Yes. Baking okay. soda. It does have baking soda, which can be an irritant. I haven't found any sort of problem with it, but some people I know do. So other than that, though, I really like it. And I think that's probably why the consistency is better is because of that. Thanks. Um, but in any I'm case, personally going to check it out. That's, so that's an issue I've had, too. So Amazon. And actually, it's a, it's a good price for these kind of deodorants. A lot of deodorants. Well, at least on Amazon, a lot of them are like pricey. $12, $15, whatever. This is like under 10 So, David, you don't have anything else, right? So, let's go back a couple of years ago. Oh. And I was at a coffee shop, and I decided to buy this oh. uh, metal mug. You do have something. And I was so happy because, obviously, if you're at a coffee shop, then the mugs that you would get would be amazing. Mm. Because it's a coffee shop and you buy coffee and you get a mug there. So you would think it's great. I said it was stupid. It was a piece of crap. From the beginning, I said. It was one of those mugs that if you had, if your coffee was too hot and you would put put the lid on, then the coffee would start spewing out of the lid. Mm. And then it had a ridge around the top where it had a plat, the, the plat, the, the plastic handle had a ring that it was attached to that it came up in there so crap could get inside of the the in between the 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 plastic and the mug itself so it was toxic it's horrible design it was terrible and then it broke and then it was a piece of crap (laughs) and i hated it so um i recently got this thing you mean i got it for you christina got it for me it's an s slm it's all the things that the other one wasn't and it it has a great lid. It's like um, all uh, what what are they? The Yeti cups are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, all a uh, Yeti cup lid, and it keeps my coffee very very hot, and it's great. And it came and with I a straw. It. And it's pretty. Yes. Oh, it came yes. with a straw. I didn't know that. Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> Feel my straw? No. <laughs> What's the, what's the price point on that? Because I know, like, I just saw oh. a meme. It's like, I, I'm white, but I'm not $300 Yeti cooler white. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say it was, like, 15 Yeah, and, and the other mug was a smaller mug than this. Yeah, this is a good size. And, uh, and it was, like, 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, $10 cheaper and just way better quality. There are not so many moving parts, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Stellar. Love it. He should always let me pick his products is basically what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Cool. Well, I think that wraps up mostly monthly for us. Mostly. Um, it, mostly. Yeah, mostly. It mostly wraps it up. Mostly. They come out at night. Mostly. Um, <laughs> that said, all these products, if you, if you were to, you know, to go to our webpage and, 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 and click on the links there, they'll take you right to the, the product we're getting uh, a, a little, little, little bit of that. It's helping, helping keep the show going. So if you've uh, got a hankering to pick up one of these, please do. Please use the link. Helps us out a ton. And, uh, you know, you can check out our other uh, shows. You can check us out on social media at Epic Ideas. Um, you can check out our Patreon account if you, you just want to throw that cash straight to us. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we've been, been working this thing for a while. It's a passion project. We love it. Um, but man, it'd be nice to make a dime or two. So. <laughs> 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 so, 
so thanks for listening. You made it this far. Thanks for going the distance with us and uh, enjoying these conversations worth having. Take care. Do <laughs> <laughs>